Hello and welcome to Direct Hit, the cricket podcast. We're joined as ever by James Hollyoak. Welcome, Jimbo. Hello, Josh. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm buzzing, mate. I'm good. How are you? Very good. Have you watched some cricket this week? I mean, that's the main reason I'm buzzing. When you dropped me the text saying I can talk about some cricket if you want me to, it was a... Uh... I'm not totally drunk on the podcast for a change. Uh, haven't eaten any hummus today. Did buy some from well-known supermarket earlier, but not eating any. But apart from that, all good. What a world we live in. And as ever, we're actually enthusiastic cricket, uh, cricket spokesman. The one, the only, Brackley Cricket Club's newest recruit, Matthew Conway. <laughs> hey, Josh, how's it going? And I'm pleased to hear Jim uh, is watching cricket one week before the World Cup finishes. That's good. I mean, I think we were all hoping the Cricket World Cup would really impact and uh, really impact, get some new fans into the game. I didn't think it would have to work this hard to work on someone who is definitely a major cricket fan. So... <laughs> But there we go. So, Jimbo, we'll start you. It's been semi-final week in the World Cup. And uh, we'll start with our song. And we're going to the final shortly. But first, a one-day game over two days. New Zealand versus India. And I'm led to believe you watched some of it. I did watch some of it, yeah. Was this the first ever game over two days? I must it could be? I mean, I don't know if they've ever had backup days before, which is absolutely a sensible idea for the semi final of a World Cup. It's better than some of the shambles finishes we've had in the past, but yeah, I think first ever game played over two days, which for a one day is some sort for of a one day is impressive. So, first of all, New Zealand back first, and this first day is overcast, miserable, eventually wet. It's not a nice day for cricket. They don't have good conditions here. You say over two days, they had the worst conditions for batting. Um, but they got going. Martin Gupta really struggled. He was one of 14. It just couldn't get going at all. He looked like a player at the end of his international career. After the final, I'm not sure we'll see him again in New Zealand shirt. What do you think, Josh? Are you calling in the Chris Gale of... Uh... Of New Zealand cricket, it's tough. It, I think we all thought such an explosive batsman, and he's done it before in England. Uh, I think we, yeah, it's, especially as he started the World Cup with a fifty, and then just hasn't scored a run since then, pretty much for love nor money. No, he's not um, looking his best. But then, so Boomer um, and Kumar get themselves off to a good start, India. But then you've got New Zealand. Steady with shit, middle order. You've got Nichols hangs in there. Williamson, my boy Ross Taylor, all doing bits, but still struggling to score quickly. No one ever really gets going. Uh, then the rain comes down. I think it was, I haven't got when it came down, but it was only about five overs to go, I believe. Yeah, I think it was 25 balls they had to bat the next day. Lot. So it was a real struggle for all of them. Uh, but they got 239 when they resumed in the morning which at least is a score. It's not a great score, uh, but they go on. Uh, so then India go out to bat. Now, I think we were probably all expecting India to win it at this, at this point. Matt, would you agree? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I thought um, Rahul and Sean would just get them off to an absolute flyer. Um, as we're going to talk about England and Australia later, like Roy and Bairstow did for it in that game, I, I thought that would happen in this one and it would be over by 30 overs, to be honest. 
But what happened, Jim? I didn't watch it. Well, so, as, as can you I, say, can I just point out now, we're in a world where Matt Conroy hasn't watched a cricket game and Jim Hollyoke has, and I'm not sure I want to live in the alternative <laughs> universe any longer. Do you want Something. me to give an? Do you want to give an ex- explanation to why I didn't watch the game, or should, should we leave that till later? Your bad excuse. I mean, just got engaged, so on holiday <laughs> with the missus. But yeah, carry on, Jim. Congratulations. So we were all expecting India to win. You felt that as long as one of the top three for India came off, they probably would get the score. One of Sharma's big hundreds would get them home or something. But that's not how it happened. They ended up the top three each getting out for one. One each. And from there, they just couldn't recover. Uh, so I think it was five for three they were. It was five for three. Five you don't three. of international cricket being five for three. I just, they looked in shock. You had the massive Indian fans there who were just silenced. You had the players didn't really know what day of the week it was. It was really tough. And then you look at this Indian batting lineup, and we've said it before, is it strong enough when you get into that middle or lower order? I was looking at Richard Pant's stats, and they're, they're not great. He's barely inexperienced. Clearly, we see something in him, but he's not delivering. So he looked really inexperienced at four. Dinesh Kartik is not a five. He's a wicketkeeper at number seven for me. Um, he's not an international cricketer for me. I, he looked awful. Although Jimmy needs a keeper. Catch to get rid of him. Kartik, at least he's a keeper. If you're looking for his keeping, that's okay. But they didn't pick him as a batsman, which I can't explain. You watch it, I don't watch the IPL religiously like you do with us, but they must be better batsmen in India than people like Pant and Kartik. Uh, Pant, I think, is a good bat, and I think he will be a key part of that side to come. I think he will be Dhoni's heir. I mean, Kartik is the third best wicketkeeper in that side, and <laughs> probably not in the top seven batsmen no. the way that Jadeja batted. It just feels um, very odd. You wonder whether and you should have just gone top heavy and just gone with your sort of Darwin in there, Coley dropping to four or something, just to add it out a bit more. Hand. Uh, of course. Of course. Um, but still there's got to be another top order batsman out there. Can do that oh, yeah. Um Samson. They really struggle, India. They never really recover. Jadeja did okay relatively. I'm gonna have to stop you there. Jadeja did more than okay on a pitch where no one was able to bat. He smashed a 50 at a lot under a runner ball. Admittedly, he got out at crucial time, but he was still the only one going at the rate when Dhoni was blocking out at the other end. Conroy, anything to add? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I've just looked at the scorecard. I just said I didn't watch the game, but 77 off 59 seems like a very good knock um, considering what the strike rates of the other batsmen are where you've got Rahul, strike rate of 14, Sharma, 25, Kohli, 16, Pant, 57, Pandya, 51. So he's come in and played a strike rate of 130, scored quickly. And he's been back with Dhoni, who's had a strike rate of 69, who's probably, I mean, you're, you're going to tell me about this, Jim, I'm sure, but it sounds like those two are batting together and Dhoni was kind of wasting a few balls while Jadeja was trying to get the job done. Is that, is that fair? Mr. Dhoni, it's safe to say, was still protecting his bat on average of 50, as, <laughs> as he has done on many an occasion. Just before we came on, we were looking at his stats, and over one in three times that he bats, he doesn't get out. Which I would suggest he's a great finisher, which at times he has been, or he just bats for himself, which I think in this instance you probably can argue. 
So India lose. New Zealand win, which is a real upset for books. Form New Zealand had coming into this match. The score they were on after a first innings, you felt it was all going to be India. But it wasn't to be. I think New Zealand bowlers are excellent. You've got the four main bowlers who did really, really well. Um, they've got the two guys to back them up. Again, India only had five bowlers to choose from, one of which was Pandya, who for me is a sixth-choice bowler, similar to sort of Ben Stakes for England. So there we go. There is my review of the game. Good work, Jim. I'd like to point out Guttill struggles with the bat, but what a run out it was of Mahendra Singh Dhoni. You still felt maybe maybe the old fox could do it and somehow get them over the line. And then what, what a throw from deep square leg. One stump to aim at and taken it. And Dhoni's around four inches short. That's what his wife said. And then, and then, yeah, <laughs> and then they've, they're out and they didn't even bat the overs in the end. Um, were we all cheering for New Zealand, Conroy? Yeah, well, I wanted New Zealand to win this game. Um, I think I would prefer England to play New Zealand in the final to India, and that's no disrespect to New Zealand, New Zealand at all. I think that would still be a very tough final for England, but I just think India have a history of beating England on the big occasion. Um, so I think New Zealand's a slightly easier game for us. Um, I'm just also looking at the bowling figures of this, the second innings. Matt Henry, 10 overs, three wickets for 37. Jim, did you say Southie should play in this game? I think that, is that right? I have to take it back. I was wrong. I have to take that one <laughs> word. New Zealand picked it absolutely right, the team they picked. Yeah, spot on. I think I think they did as well. And I think you're absolutely spot on about Tremble, Matt Henry, Lockie Ferguson, those three are the danger men in the final as well. I think that's going to be really interesting to see how our batsmen cope with those three. And um, yeah, they might have to target Colin de Grandhome and Jimmy Nisha maybe. What do you reckon, Josh? Yeah, I'd say you look at that bowling attack and Santner, de Grandhome and Nisha are the three you look to attack and I think Roy and Bairstow naturally will look to put a bit of pressure on and we'll come to the England-Australia game in a minute but I guess Trent Bolt and Mitchell Stark are similar and Roy didn't seem to be too scared of Stark on this one even though he'd taken more wickets than everyone. Um, so yeah, Conroy, um, did you watch this game? England-Australia World Cup semi-final. So as I explained on the last podcast, I'm away at Centre Parks at the moment, which made it quite tricky to try and negotiate watching the game while on a holiday with my new fiancé. But I persuaded her to play table tennis, and I realised that where you play table tennis in Centre Parks, you have at least 50 television screens all showing the cricket. So it's better to say we played, ta- we played table tennis for a good four hours while England, while the Australia innings was finishing and the England in- innings was going on. Uh, I just prolonged the table tennis and, you know, gave her a chance of winning just to, uh, you know, keep it going. Did you refuse to change ends every set as well, just so you could be focused in one direction? Well, I, 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 that was the initial plan. But I found a table where there was literally five television screens where I could see it from every single angle. So... Um, I put sunglasses on um, inside, my ad. I was wearing the sunglasses so I could watch the TV screen while playing table tennis as well. Um, so why, one eye on both while appearing like a fantastic fiancé, but really just watching the cricket. High skill set. Let's hope she's not listening to this pod. Otherwise, you might be from the out. 
Um, so Australia won the toss batted first, which is what we said we didn't want to happen. How did they start off going right? Well, I think it's more how did England start off with the bowling. Chris Wilkes, absolutely unbelievable bowling. Um, I've watched the extended highlights, I missed this, um, but fantastic start for England. Geoff Warks was right on the money as well, getting rid of Fink's first ball. And, they were, you know, they were just on the back foot from the get-go. And there was only really one partnership, which made me a bit nervous. And I, th- I think it was um, Alex Carey and Smith. Is that right, Josh? Yeah. And where they were 14 for three, I think, when Hanscom World Cup debut went early doors. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, Carey got hit in the head by an archer bouncer, which a lot of people seem to do. And his helmet flew off and he managed to catch it just above the stumps, which is pretty impressive thing to uh, see on a cricket field. Jim, you catch any of it? All over this game. And oh, did I enjoy it. Did I enjoy it. Watching those Aussies get absolutely annihilated. Oh, they were dreadful to Australia. Absolutely dreadful. Just like their ancestors, they were criminal. Right, so where do we start? Apart from David Warner, who was unlucky. I think the pitch got him out. But just as I criticise the Indian mid-order, I'll criticise the Australian one. You've got Peter Hanscom at number four. I mean, can we look for a compliment for Peter Hanscom? I mean, in Hanscom's defence, he was the reserve of a reserve and they just had a really fiery net session that injured all that. Which team? Pat Cummins, I think, bowled a bouncer at Marsh, who, let's be honest, Marsh isn't much better. I don't think that would have changed the game. Um, but he, yeah, just decided to bowl one more ball fast, bouncer, and broke Marsh's arm. So see you later, mate. You're not playing in the World Cup, even though Kawaj has just been injured. I was thinking um, before this, if Australian cricketers were emojis, what, what, what ones would they be? And I think Pete Hansker would be that sort of shrug shoulders emoji. He's like, nah, who cares, really? <laughs> yeah, I've got Alex Carey, who did look good. I think he's back to high at five. I think he should be doing Glenn Maxwell's job at six or seven. Uh, Marcus Stoyness, again, if he was an emoji, he'd probably be a rolling on the floor laughing one. Just abysmal. This bloke got absolutely done like a kipper by a deal Rashid first ball. Who Rashid, uh, it's the best he's looked this one cup. He has struggled, but he did look really good today. Yeah, I'm really pleased for Rashid that he he finally like had a good like his really good game, didn't he? Because I I think he's bowled pretty well and he's been a bit unlucky during the tournament. A lot of drop catches off his bowling, but this game it really came together for him and he was crucial for England to um, break in that that partnership of Carey and Smith. And um, yeah, I mean getting stoyness like that was just embarrassing, as Jim said. I mean you just look so foolish, don't you, when you don't pick a googly and you're a professional cricketer because. You imagine the video analysis that they have at their disposal. Like they should be able to work on that before the game, but it looked like he'd never faced, you know, a leg spinner before in his life. It was, it was mad. We're going to say cricket um, ball, but <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I think for how well Carey batted, it was an awful slog sweep shot to get out on. It seemed a very high risk, low reward shot. Um, and Smith started the batting. I think at one point it was seven off 34, just could not rotate, and then he suddenly got going. Um, and what a piece of fielding by our very own world's favourite man, Joss Butler, who saw the gap between Steve Smith's legs whilst diving on the floor, threw it between them, and smashed the stumps to leave Smith two 
two inches short and any sort of chant they had of putting together 260 quickly became no we're going to be 220 all out um can we talk about steve smith as a as a batsman in one day cricket why is he not the test batsman he should be normally you look at orthodox cricketers as being test cricketers unorthodox cricketers as being one day cricketers so i don't know alistair cook test that's about the one day so you think steve smith should do well in the one day game he's doesn't really set the world light. Why do we think that is? Is it just because he's a slow starter? I think, yeah, that's one of one of the things that hampers it. I think, in a way, he's a slow starter and similar to Root, he's not a big six hitter. So Root gets away with it because he rotates the ball so well early doors um, and is always up with the runner ball sort of rate, whereas Smith never gets that. Conroy, anything to... What was your perception of the innings? And Steve Smith sort of anchored, but no one batted around him. And then he had to go big and couldn't. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I think that is fair. And I think you're spot on about Steve Smith. That is his problem. He's too much of a slow starter in one day cricket. Um, He doesn't rotate the strike well enough. And a a great comparison to Joe Root, who's who's very similar, but who does rotate the strike really well. I mean, I don't think we've given Josh Butler enough air time, so I'm going to talk about that run out a bit more because it was just absolutely obscene how good it was. I mean, there's temptation in that kind of, I think it was three overs from the end. The temptation is not to throw that ball in case you, you know, there's overthrows and stuff. There's a lot of things going in your mind. But he just kind of ran up to it and just, he just knew he just knew he was going to hit the stumps. I've seen him do that before in I think in Test cricket, in the IPL, in the Big Bash. He's so good at that. He, he reacts so quickly to that and to hit the stumps through his legs was just fantastic really impressive um what did you think at the halfway stage boys did you think australia had anywhere near enough or was it always going to be coasting through jim it never felt enough but england have had a couple of slip slip ups in this world cup so you just bought slightly back to those and was hoping the same wouldn't happen again you know spark will be dangerous so there's a bit of concern but we were massive favorites Objectively, you look at it and England were always, on paper, going to win this game. I think, yeah, edge backed in, a Hollies behind you. It is a good scoring pitch. It didn't look a 220 pitch. It looked a 300 pitch and we just bowled too well. Um, and same as India, when you're 5 for 3 or 14 for 3, you're going to struggle to win many games of cricket. and that proved the case. I think the way the way Roy and Bairstow came out, I mean, Roy was hitting stark to all parts. And then the moment I think I calmed down was all the talk was, well, Lyman will pin him down and that's when they'll squeeze him. And Roy just first ball, smash, six, see you later. And it was like, oh, this guy is chilled. And we'll get on to how we attack Steve Smith in a little bit. Jimbo, what were you thinking at this stage? Well, that's what I was going to turn to next. That we did eventually turn to the next Shane Warne. But come on, we're really teed off from there. I mean, that third six was like he hit two where he just hit six. And then the third. That was a monster. He just looked like he genuinely couldn't believe they had the audacity to bowl Smith and this guy is going to get absolutely <laughs> obliterated. Uh, Conroy, what, what, you're table tennising at this point and you're trying not to cheer when he's just tearing them apart? 
I mean, I was hitting some of the table tennis balls like miles at this stage because when, when Roy was hitting Smith, I was hitting the table tennis ball in a similar kind of fashion into the next kind of like room of centre parks quite a few times to the confusion of my fiance Lauren. And then I asked, <laughs> But, um, I mean, it was a really odd decision to bowl Steve Smith, I thought. It was a real desperate move, I thought. They were just kind of, like, out of ideas. Yeah, they were just so surprised, I think, with how they we took apart um, Nathan Lyon. That They were just like, oh, what can we do now? Let's just throw the ball at Steve Smith. And, yeah, Jason Roy just dismissed him. It was a, it was a, it was a fantastic over to watch. I mean, how unlucky is Jason Roy getting out as well? I mean, he missed that by... A good foot, did he? I mean, I only saw that maybe replay once because I was in a fine tanks table tennis point. But what what happened there? I mean, yeah, it was just a short ball that was a wide, and then they sort of did that half-hearted appeal of, oh, maybe if we half-heartedly appeal, he won't give it as a wide, but we're still not expecting a wicket. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and he went, and then was like, oh no, I don't think it. Oh, I've half put my finger up. I better <laughs> continue to just raise it. <laughs> just committed to it, yeah. It never gives you confidence, that's, does it? <laughs> that's why the review system is there, and that's why Johnny Bairstow shouldn't have watched videos of Shane Watson reviewing <laughs> everything because he was plum. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he just decided to go for the review. And I have no real, like, they've put a system in place to sort out bad decisions and Johnny Bairstow didn't get a bad decision, decided he hoped it was a bad decision and Roy did get a bad decision and then we'd wasted our chance. So I don't, although it was irritating, um, more so for Roy and he told Dharma Steamer in no uncertain terms <laughs> that he was very irritated about it. Yeah. Um, which was scary in the sense of do not get yourself banned from this final <laughs> because you're really good at cricket. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and even with those two gone, it still didn't seem, you always saw it in the back of your mind, maybe, how are we going to lose from this strong position? And Morgan was just like, nah, chill, don't mind it, smash, smash some sixes now for the boys. Um, and yeah, party time, Conroy. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good point about Joe Root and Owen Morgan just coming in and just kept smashing boundaries. Like, if I'd come into bat at four, I think when Morgan went in, we still needed about 80 to win. I would have been a bit like, just make sure we don't collapse. Like, that whole England mentality of a few years ago of, like, just rebuild, make sure, you know, we don't lose this game from here. Whereas it was nothing like that. Joe Root was playing reverse sweeps from pretty much ball one. The confidence was just so... The confidence and the arrogance that they were just always going to chase these rings with 20 overs to spare was, was always there. And I thought going into the World Cup final, that was a real statement, wasn't it? Yeah, we are not afraid of you. World Cup champions, Australia, no longer. See, and the way they've taken Stark apart, who is the top wicket taker in the World Cup, and I'll stay that. Jimbo, were you in any way excited by this point? I was. This was sensational. I say, we all thought. We would win, but we didn't think we'd win in quite the manner we did. We just tore them apart with such ease. Stark was bowling over 90 miles an hour, and Best and Roy seemed to have all the time in the world to play their shots. It was just incredible. Why they can't do it in a test match, I do not know. But anyway, that's a story for another day. <laughs> but it, it was just incredible batting. I mean, it was something sensational. And wow, Sunday. 14th of July, the Cricket World Cup final. 
Where uh, where are we going to be watching it, Jimbo? Where are you watching? Let's not start this. Let's not start this all over again. I I, I can't watch the first part of the game. I'm in college. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Hold up. <laughs> I'm in college. Can you elaborate on that at all? I'm stuck in a classroom in Reading while the World Cup final's going on. I mean, not only am I stuck in the classroom, I'm stuck in Reading. Oh, dear. no oh, offense to people in Reading. But so I'm hoping that we'll take a short lunch. I'll whip through, no questions at the end, get home, drive at speed of light, well, within the speed limit, and then get back and watch the second half of the game is a plan. Conroy? Uh, my my holiday finishes um, today, so I'm back for Sunday. So I'm going to be watching it from the sofa at home. I'm just gonna, I don't know. I might might watch it with a couple of mates. I might watch it on my own. I haven't quite decided yet how that's gonna how how I want to watch it. Because sometimes when it's such a big game, I get a bit nervous. Like I like being on my own, just pacing the room and stuff, and just messaging people and that kind of stuff. How about you, Josh? Well, I slightly. May it remember when we lost to Australia that time and I was in that dark, dark place for around a few days. At that point, Sky, my fiance, decided to go, Oh, uh, a couple of weeks' time uh, on the Sunday, my sister's up. Do you mind if I ask her to be maid of honour at a barbecue? Uh, uh, my mum and dad's, and I was like, Yeah, yeah, fine. Wasn't even thinking about a cricket World Cup final. So, around three o'clock, I've got to go to her parents' house. And I've said I will go there under the one stipulation that I don't need to talk to anyone and I'm allowed to just sit in the kitchen and watch the cricket. Um, so they're setting up a special place for me to watch the cricket. So first innings, I'm going to go to the pub to calm myself down. To the pub, to the pub, to the pub. Um, and then second innings, I will be at a barbecue but paying no attention to it, but it's fiancé duty. There was a chat point where I was meant to be going to the church getting married at. Um, and that's 11 o'clock service. And Scott was like, no, we're going. Fundamentally, we're going. And then my dad looked at him and went, you are not going on the Cricket World Cup final day. Dad, that's the greatest words you've ever said to me. <laughs> um, He's going to go to church. He's not going to go on World Cup final day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go the week after. It'll be fine. Um, so, yeah pub and then barbecue and then who knows if we win i may never stop celebrating are we gonna win it jim i think we're favorites aren't we i think we're both big favorites going into this you look at the momentum yes new zealand won some final but they struggled back into the group stages england the way they tore australia apart they'll be flying after that you look at our group stage encounter but we won easily against them. So currently, you'd say, especially with the home support as well, all the chips are stacked our way. Conroy, um, yeah. as an objective, how do New Zealand win if we are such big favourites? New Zealand can only win in two ways that I can see, and that's if they either bowl first and get us 14 for three, and then we can't recover to put a score on, or if they bat first and score... 300 maybe they i think they could defend 300 against england under the nerves and at logs you know the pressure on i think that, that's the only two ways they win i think every other eventuality if we got off to a flyer back in first i don't see new zealand coming back into the game our middle order is too strong 
and we'll just take the game away from them. But yeah, what do you think, Josh? I think of all the grounds we played at, Lords probably suits New Zealand as much as any ground would. And I think it's one of the places we've been weakest at in our one day cricket. I yeah, think I their game plan will be the same as their plan against India, which has been their plan mainly throughout the World Cup of get a score on the board and try and build pressure with the three absolute gun bowlers we talked about. And I think that is the hope. There's nerves in a cricket World Cup final, isn't there? Coming out, if you're, if you're coming out to chase with 100 left off 80 balls, there is that pressure on you. Um, Jimbo, what do you reckon? I, uh, I'm looking for ways to see. I think Lords has been a problem ground for England. It's not the most high scoring ground in one day cricket, uh, where England normally benefit the grounds like your heading Lees, Old Traffords, your Trent Bridges. Um, so there are ways New Zealand can win. They, they don't have the stars in the team, but they do find ways to win. But um, I'm, I'm not convinced right now. No, I think Williamson and Taylor are going to be so key. But if Gutill does finally have his day, I think that's one way that they certainly can. But overall, I'd say I'm confident, but not going to sleep for three days. <laughs> Conroy, who is going to be man of the match? Oh, that's a really tough one, isn't it? I mean, I think it all depends on who bats first I think if England bat first it could be Royal Bairstow um, if we win that is um, if they bat first it's going to be someone who's going to be key to our run chase if we win so it could be Butler he could be the, he could be the man I'd love to see it Jim's shaking his head but you know well, why not why not Jim it's loving honestly <laughs> if, it, score, though, isn't it? if it's a batsman it's going to be a match winning innings by top order batsmen so if you bat outside the top three or four you're not going to win man of the match for your batting even if he comes yeah. in at 20 for four and wins the world cup by hitting a 70 nah can't see it okay <laughs> to be fair, like, Jim does raise a good point that it has been a top orders world cup so far um, all the top run scorers have been in the top three. Um, but we said Butler would, would win us a game. Uh, we, I say we said, me and Conroy have said Butler will win us a couple of games this World Cup. And he's scored a time, he scored that brilliant 50 against Bangladesh. But I think it's his time to show just how good he is. Um, but I reckon outside that, and I was looking at stats the, other, uh, the odds the other day, and it looked quite tasty. Liam Plunkett, since he's come back in, he has been doing absolute bits. So if he gets three or four middle order wickets, he might have a couple of quid at eighteen to one, you know. Yeah, that's a decent bet. Yeah, I think that is a that is a good bet. He has performed really well coming back into the team. But like Jim said, is it gonna be who's gonna win the man of the match? Historically it is a, a batsman who scores the rungs and I think Plunkett would have to take five wickets for and England win the World Cup for him to win the man of the match. But 18 to 1 sounds like a good bet. I just put a quick end on it. Yeah. Yeah. Cannot lose. Um, So, yeah, I think Williamson and Alt would be the key key two for them. And I'd say 
Archer and Butler will be our key two. That's yes. what I'm going with. Jimbo. Key players. Yeah, I say it's top two for England. Top two batsmen. Rashid always plays a big part. Rashid, Archer, and then, yeah, New Zealand. It's all about Kane Williamson and probably Trent Bolt with support from the other bowlers. Come right. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm just so nervous thinking about it, to be honest. I just hope we win. <laughs> if we lose, it's just going to be so unbearable. Um, because I, th- I think we really do deserve to win. The last four years has been building up to this this kind of tournament, and halfway through the tournament, I thought, are we not going? Are we not going to do this? And now I've kind of gone back up to thinking we're going to win it. And if we don't win, I'll be absolutely gutted. It. W- I don't know if I'll be able to like move if if we just yeah. I don't know if I could cope. I mean, it could be an interesting podcast, couldn't it? If we do it the day after England losing, um, just me crying for half an hour, that could, you know, that could be some interesting listening to the fans. A lot of people, a lot of people would enjoy that, I think. Um, <laughs> Cheers, not Josh. me, Thanks, for one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think it'll be whatever happens. I can say with some assuredly, we will mostly be hung over. Uh, looking yes. at you, Jim, I can't imagine you not having a Pinot Grigio after <laughs> finishing college on the Cricket World Cup final day. Well, may have a slight drink, as I got off new on a Sunday afternoon. Also, I'm not sure if we paid enough attention to the fact that Jim's going to college during the Cricket World Cup final. <laughs> I just want to highlight that again. Of just be sick for a day, mate. Just give it up. I'm not sure how half of my employer who's paying for it would feel, but anyway. I'm sure he wouldn't put two and two together. <laughs> no. um, right, unfortunately, Conroy, I think we've overran and don't have time for the old quiz this week, but who knows, maybe you will uh, can do a Stats of the Cricket World Cup quiz or some form of World Cup quiz after the final to yeah, see if Jim good. can get level with me. Um, yeah, that sounds good. But we'll reconvene the day after the Cricket World Cup final and dissect the action. Um, sound like a plan, Jimbo? You probably won't even. You'll watch, go back, finish it, and watch uh, Wimbledon. So, <laughs> no, I don't think I will. But no, I'm under forward to it. Most looking to update my spreadsheet for one final time. So I'll give everyone an update to confirm that I have indeed won. Look forward to that. But no, it should be good. Conroy yeah looking forward to it hopefully when go well Josh cheers mate. Well, Jen. And, um, we'll uh we'll speak well speaking I imagine let's be honest we're just going to text all day tomorrow during the actual cricket world cup final but once again thanks for listening at direct hit on podder on on podder on twitter this is a podcast do not go on podder because I'm not sure that's a real thing. Um, But if you are feeling very generous, give us a subscription, give us a comment, give us a rating. We would appreciate it. Until next time, boys, we're going to the final. We're going to the final. We're going to the final. Yes, we are.